You are Locked On SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's happening, everybody? Welcome into Locked On SEC. Great to have you guys along on today's episode. It is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON. You'll get 20% off your next order on today's podcast. Tons of SEC guys put on a show at the Senior Bowl over the weekend. We'll recap it all with our buddy Dave Schultz of WNSP in Mobile. As Aggie quarterback Kellen Mond gets named MVP. Also, big news for the Florida Gators as they pick up a transfer in former five-star LSU freshman tight end Eric Gilbert. We'll discuss that. And kind of an up-and-down weekend for SEC hoops as they edge out the Big 12 5-4 on Saturday. We'll discuss it all. I am Chris Gordy. If this is your first time catching the show, welcome in and thank you for being here. Remember, we are here every day, so subscribe and follow Locked on SEC for free wherever you get your podcasts. You'll get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each and every day. All right, let's go around the conference. Boots out to the right. Makes the Around the conference. A successful senior bowl for a lot of former SEC players. We'll discuss it all coming up in just a bit with Dave Schultz. But the big news yesterday as the Florida Gators picked up a massive transfer in former LSU five-star tight end Eric Gilbert. Gilbert tweeted out yesterday he is joining the Gators. He was rated the number one tight end in the class of 2020 coming out of Georgia. He caught 35 passes this year for almost 400 yards and two touchdowns for the Tigers. Gilbert did decide to opt out of the last few games of LSU's season, citing he wanted to leave and be closer to home. Although he's moving to Gainesville, he will still be over a five-hour drive from his hometown of Marietta, Georgia. Many expected Gilbert could end up in Athens with the Bulldogs, but he will play for the Gators instead. You have to think Tim Brewster, their tight ends coach, tried to use the, the sales pitch of, hey, come be our next Kyle Pitts. So Eric Gilbert remains in the SEC, and he will play against LSU once a year now at Florida. The Auburn Tigers, they get a boost for their secondary next season as former defensive back Trayvon Leonard, who opted out last season, announced he plans to return to the Plains. Leonard was part of the 2017 recruiting class but did not see the field in 2018 or 19. He'll join an already experienced group with Roger McCreary, Christian Tutt, and Smoke Monday all already returning. And with the final National Recruiting Day just days away, Auburn, they picked up a big commitment in Colby Smith, a six foot seven, 315-pound offensive tackle from the state of North Carolina. 24-7 sports ranks him as a four-star, and he is the first high school offensive tackle to sign with Auburn since 2017. That's quite a stat. Over at Tennessee, they're hoping their fortunes start to turn around with their new head coach, Josh Heupel, at the helm. And one thing he will have to figure out soon is the quarterback position. Last year's freshman quarterback, Harrison Bailey, saw some action late in the year. He tweeted out several days ago, excited and locked in. Let's work, Coach Heupel. The Vols did pick up a transfer quarterback a few weeks ago in Virginia Tech's Hendon Hooker, but that was before Heupel was hired. Good thing is, no matter who is the Vols quarterback in 2021, he will certainly be coached better with Heupel being a former big-time quarterback himself in college. And in SEC basketball news, the SEC won the SEC Big 12 Challenge five games to four 
after we found out on Friday that the Kentucky-Texas game was canceled due to COVID issues. But highlights from the weekend included Florida knocking off 11th-ranked West Virginia. Missouri survived an overtime scare from TCU. Tennessee, they were really impressive. Put a beat down on 15th-ranked Kansas. And A&M survived Kansas State while Mississippi State whooped up on lowly Iowa State. Outside of those, those were the positives. Alabama, they let a close one slip away late against Oklahoma. That snapped the Tide's 10-game win streak that they were on a roll. LSU probably, though, had the most heartbreaking loss. They led 10th-ranked Texas Tech by seven points with a minute to go. And somehow they ended up losing the game by five. Just absolutely brutal turnovers and just... Every mistake you could think in the world, LSU made it in the final minute and let that game against Texas Tech slip away. Auburn, they actually put up a good fight against number two ranked Baylor. They ended up losing by 12, but they were uh, competing, hung in there tough. And then Arkansas, they fell to Oklahoma State. So five and four overall for the SEC, but you have to wonder if Texas wasn't poised to beat Kentucky, who has just really been struggling as of late, had they played that game. But I guess good news for the SEC that they did not play. And that is around the conference. When we return, we're going to talk all things about the Senior Bowl with our buddy Dave Schultz of WNSP in Mobile. A lot of guys standing out and looking good. Everybody from Shai Smith at South Carolina to Matt Jones, even though he didn't play in the game, he impressed in practices and then Kadarius Tony, another guy from Florida who didn't play in the game but pressed throughout the week. So a lot to discuss. We'll recap it all next with Dave Schultz. Football season is over. We have one more game, and that is coming up this Sunday. It's Super Bowl Sunday, and it is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers taking on the Kansas City Chiefs. And there is only one place that has you covered and one place that we trust, and that is betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag. And use our promo code Locked On, and you're going to get a 50% welcome bonus. I was just looking on their website right now. they got tons of stuff to bet on. You can get in on the line. Tampa Bay, currently a three-point underdog, so you can get Tampa plus three or Kansas City minus three, whichever way you're feeling on that. But they got tons of prop bets. I was looking at both teams to score over 24.5 points or total points uh, scored, period. Will Kansas City score in their first drive? Tons of really cool and fun prop bets, and... Look, you might as well bet on several of these because it's the last football game we're going to have for months. So go check them out right now at betonline.ag. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action, and don't forget to use that promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, and you will receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Hey, get more of the sports news you need in less time with our new Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts Locked On Today, a daily podcast breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day off with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get your podcast. Rolling along here, Locked On SEC, and always fun when we can catch up with this guy. He is Dave Schultz, afternoon host 
on WNSP in Mobile. And, of course, this time of year, Mobile is the focus of the sports world as they just had the uh, Senior Bowl over the weekend. Everything went off successfully, and uh, Dave joins us now as he was there in person. Dave, how are you, my friend? I'm doing well, Chris. Thanks very much for having me. Absolutely. Before we get into the game and everything, Dave, let's just talk about what the experience was like, because I know you've been to the Senior Bowl in the past, and, you know, I'm used to, you know, you get up and close with a lot of the players, you get one-on-one interviews, you get to be around a bunch of the scouts and coaches, and it's a very relaxed atmosphere, but I know this year with the pandemic and everything, it was a little bit different. How, How was the experience for you? Yeah, it was very different. So I'll give I'll give uh, folks a, a, a taste of what it was last year. We had a little radio row in the Senior Bowl hotel where it always is. I think it's the Renaissance down, downtown Mobile. And, you know, the teams go practice downtown and come back. Now, this year they were out uh, on South Alabama's uh, campus. Uh, but, Mark, you know, I usually do the show on Tuesday at Hooters, but we Senior Bowl week we're going to do it at the hotel. And so Hooters brings us, you know, a couple of trays of wings. Well, that's real good opportunity to bribe, you know, like a head coach, the former head coach of the Lions. Hey, coach, can I have you for 10 minutes? And you grab some wings. And Matt Patricia goes, well, I got a meeting. I go, coach, they're not going to start the meeting without you, coach. So, you know, on the spot, Matt, Matt Patricia joins me uh, on the air. <laughs> this year, everything was a remote. We had to wait until like 8 to 10, 8 to 11 p.m. to record interviews. We got a couple of players. Uh, it was it was difficult lining up guests, particularly, specifically from the Senior Bowl, but we kind of got, you know, media people around it, and we had our Air Force One spots out there uh, right next to the stadium, so we we had pretty good access in terms of people coming on the bus if we needed them to, uh, matched up, of course. Uh, but it was it was very different. It doesn't mean it wasn't still enjoyable. I don't think it was quite as much fun, but I think it was really effective considering there's no combine, and it, it was a huge opportunity for these players, and I think some players really showed out yesterday. Uh, you know, Cam Sample, one of them from Tulane, did a, did a really good job uh, being the defensive player of the game. I, I know Jim Nagy, he he works his butt off to make this thing go off without a hitch, and we had him on the show a couple of weeks ago, and we actually had to reschedule the interview twice because both times we had lined up, he was talking with NFL teams and NFL scouts about getting, you know, what players they wanted to see and all this, and so uh, I, I was really excited for him to see, you know, tweet out Saturday night, Grateful to announce there was only one positive COVID test over over 3,600 administered. It seems like everybody did what they were supposed to do, and it, it went off without a hitch. Yeah, we were. I, I tried to go down to the hotel uh, last Sunday uh, before the AFC Championship game, I guess, or the NFC Championship game, and I got kicked out. I couldn't be down there at all, just kind of roaming around, even outside of the hotel. So they were pretty uh, clamped down on, on what they were doing this uh, uh, doing this year just so they could get um, everybody there. And, and I think, I, obviously, there were some guys who opted out of the game due to injury when they got here. Not to Harris. Pat Jones ended up tweaking an ankle. Devontae Smith was never going to play, but he was here. Landon Dickerson was here, but he was never going to play. But outside of a couple offensive linemen who didn't play this year and Travis Etienne, he based, Jim Nagy basically had almost every eligible senior to be able to play in the game, right? Some of the guys who are going to be drafted high, Jamar Chase isn't eligible. Justin Fields, not eligible. Zach Wilson, not eligible. So a couple of these guys who came down here, like the Devontae Smith, you know, Chris Goldberg, it's like $14 million, the difference between the third pick and the tenth pick. <laughs> and, you know, Devontae Smith got some competition with Chase and Jalen Waddell, uh, who, is the first, uh, who is the first wide receiver selected. 
Him coming down here could make a case for that. I know he didn't play in the game, but Najee Harris, same thing. You know, is he the first uh, running back taken, or is Travis Travis Etienne uh, the first one taken? And is that the difference between the 20th pick and the 35th pick? And that's got millions of dollars. So these guys who got a chance to come here took advantage of that. And I guess it was a little bit different in terms of the interview process with the coaches. It was kind of like like a Zoom speed dating thing, I think. Like each one talked to every single team, and they did it in 15-minute increments. And I think I was taken care of early on in the week. So it was a little speed dating deal that everyone got a chance to talk to everybody. Uh, before we talk about the guys who did play, you, you kind of touched on it there, but l- let's uh, get into what did you hear on Mac Jones? Because I know – the reports were early in the week, at least when he started practicing, that he was impressing people and that, you know, a lot of people were kind of of the same mindset I was. Okay, we saw him behind the stud offensive line and with the stud weapons at wide receiver at Alabama. Let's see him with some different guys from some different schools who maybe not, you know, might not have been as highly touted. And all signs were early in the week that he was looking really good and impressive sco- uh, coaches. I know the Carolina coach, Matt Rule, said, you know, this guy's really impressive. He's the first one out there. He's the first one to start the running drills and all that. Uh, what happened with Mack and the ankle, and, and ultimately why didn't he play? Yeah, I think the ankle, it just wasn't 100%. And after the week of practice, he tweaked us at the end of Thursday's practice. So he had gotten through the whole week of practice, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and the meetings. That may have been early on in the week, and he was as good as advertised. Like you said, you know, is this the talent around him, or is it Mac Jones? And I would compare Mac Jones a little bit to Devontae Smith. You better be right if you take Trey Lance above Mac Jones. You better be right if you take Justin Fields above Mac Jones. And you better be right if you take Jamar Chase above Devontae Smith. Because, you know, those other guys may be more athletic than Mac Jones, right? He's not going to win you in the 40. He's not going to unrock. Uh, you know, outrun Lance and Justin Fields, but his throws are on the money. He looks like, right, the 2019 version of Joe Burrow. And, you know, you're an LSU guy. You saw Joe Burrow throw in 2018. He was not nearly as accurate in 2018 right. as he was in 2019. And the difference is, you know, is the throw behind me so I can keep on running, you know, do I have to turn around and get tackled? Or is the throw out in front of me where I can keep on running? And his throws were outstanding this year. And, uh, you know, honestly, that tells you how good Devontae Smith was because they lost a huge weapon in Jalen Waddell and they really didn't miss a beat. And, you know, Najee Harris, I don't know how you can be underrated with like 30 touchdowns in a year, but <laughs> Najee Harris, 30 touchdowns, and I still think he's overlooked a tremendous amount. So uh, I think Mac Jones played as expected. I think, you know, I, I'm certainly not going to be upset if my New England Patriots take him. And I won't be upset if somehow he lands with the Saints in the first round. I just don't think he's going to be around for the Saints. Yeah, it's uh, it, very interesting to see where he's going to go in the draft. Obviously, with the combine and everything being in remote this year, um, you know how many guys are going to get that opportunity to to answer a lot of the questions the scouts might have. Real, real quick, a thought on Najee Harris because we saw him earlier in the week at practice and going through some of the drills, and I and I read. You know, Najee Harris is here going through drills against the best wishes of his agent, and then right, uh, right. ultimately they end up ruling him out for the game. Uh, obviously, look, he's going to be one of the top running backs uh, taken, but that almost seemed like one of those things to to wow the scouts with where, hey, this guy's hurt, and he's still out here going through drills. Yeah, I just think it was a good idea. Uh, maybe the agent was the one who told him just to show up and, and come down here. Again, we saw him standing next to Devontae Smith, and then Nick Saban came out. Uh, and they chatted early on in the week. It was it's a really good play to come down here and have a chance to, to meet these people 
Uh, you know, I mean, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that the Miami Dolphins take Devontae Smith and Najee Harris in the first round. All of a sudden, you have that, you know, roll tide south there uh, in South Florida. I don't think that's a ridiculous assessment. Uh, and so, you know, when you get that opportunity to meet your employer, right, this is a job interview. That's what this basically is. This is a job interview, and you got a chance to, you know, to play and be coached by, you know, the guys doing the, the, the hiring. And I think when Devontae Smith comes down, and again, you got to see they were there on Saturday and checking on Sunday and quarantining and meetings, and you can see what these guys are doing, even if they may not play in the football game. How much is Devontae Smith paying attention to the meetings? How much is Najee Harris helping out some of the other guys? What kind of teammate is he going to be? What kind of player is he going to be? What kind of guy is he? And I think that's such a huge advantage. I don't know why Travis Etienne didn't show up. I, you know, I think that was a bad mistake on his part. And if Harris is taking, you know, 14, 15 picks ahead of Etienne, you're going to know why. And someone's going to be questioning about why he didn't show up. There was no reason for him not to be here. Because I think Michael Carter from Carolina, you know, he was very impressive throughout the whole week and especially yesterday. More with Dave Schultz right after this. Guys, we tell you all the time about Built Bar. They are the best-tasting protein bar ever. If you don't believe me, go check them out for yourself at their website, BuiltBar.com. They offer tons of different flavors of protein bars, 18 amazing flavors, six new ones, including the cookies and cream, which is my personal favorite, but you really can't go wrong. I have actually just got one of those variety packs a couple weeks ago, trying out a bunch of different flavors, some I like, some I like a lot more than the others. Don't know until you try them. They are bars covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew. They're great if you're looking to be a little bit more health conscious in the new new year or you're just looking for something uh, as an alternative to a delicious treat in the afternoon or when you get home from work, whatever it is. They are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high in fiber. Uh, the cookies and cream that I like the most, 17 grams of protein packed in there, only 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar. Check them out right now, BuiltBar.com. Tons of different flavors, variety packs if you want to try that out. And make sure when you do find something you like, use the promo code LOCKEDON. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. And you'll get 20% off your next order. Use the promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Hey, later this week on Locked on SEC, we're going to be joined by some former guys who played football in the SEC this year. Don't want to give too much away, but uh, some former SEC football players can join us here on the podcast as many of them getting ready for the NFL draft in just a couple of weeks. Taking their games to the next level. You don't want to miss it. Wednesday, starting Wednesday on Locked on SEC. Continuing our conversation with our buddy Dave Schultz from WNSP in Mobile. He was at the Senior Bowl all weekend. Tons of stuff to take away. Dave, let's get into some of the guys who, who did play uh, in the game on Saturday. Obviously, um, you know we're an SEC-centric podcast, and there were a lot of SEC guys looking good. The guy who ends up named the player of the game, Kellen Mond, the former A&M quarterback, and you, right. and you and I were talking off the air. You said it was a very, very Kellen Mond-like performance, and I think all of us in the SEC knows what that means. Kellen Mond was a very just average to pretty good quarterback throughout his time at A&M, and that's not a knock on him, but that's kind of what he was again on Saturday. But, man, when you look through the line of the guys who've been named player of the game, like this guy's in a category of some really good NFL talent. So what did you see from Kellen Mond, and what was the buzz on Kellen Mond this week? Well, maybe – well, the, the – 
I, I think the buzz was basically, you know, he is what he is, right? He's not that accurate. He's not that consistent. Good athlete. Uh, and then we got that taste of that yesterday. He was awful in the first quarter, right? I, I mean, he had like 32 yards in the first quarter. The uh, the American team had like 51 yards in the first quarter total. I mean, the American team was supposed to be much better. Now, maybe some of those guys opted out, including Florida's Kadarius uh, Tony, local product. Here at Mobile did not play, and, and Najee Harris and Devontae Smith weren't playing either. So uh, the national team seemed to dominate, and then – Somewhere along the way, obviously, Max Jones was not going to play, so Kellen Mond took advantage of that, and maybe he settled down, maybe he got the timing down. I thought that the Patrick uh, looked good from, uh, uh, from Louisville, and then Amari Rogers really came out and played. He had some tough catches on some pretty good throws there uh, from Mond, but he got hit really hard and was able to hang on to the ball. Amari Rogers, for those who don't know, from Clemson, T. Martin's son, and T. Martin is from Mobile, so that's a real special thing for him. But I think I think we saw what Kellen Mond is, really potentially good, but not consistently good. And it'll be interesting to see where and if he actually does get drafted because that you know, if, if someone gets hurt in the NFL and he comes in and he's bad Kellen Mond, that's going to be bad. But if he's good Kellen Mond and can play for a couple series or maybe back it up and, and, and take you to a victory for that one week or maybe two, then it's good. But, we just have not seen, in you know, all his years at A&M, we just have not seen consistent Kellen Mond through multiple games. Even when they won last year, sometimes he didn't play very well. And so, really happy for the kid because after starting out poorly, he ended up finishing very strong with a couple of touchdowns that got the American team back into the ball game. But, you know, everyone just looking at, you know, the the second or the, his second quarter of work, his, which was the third, or do they count the first quarter as well? <laughs> The other two uh, SEC guys to get in there, quarterback Felipe Franks, obviously the former Florida kid who ended his career at Arkansas. Um, I know he made some pretty good throws yesterday. And the the former Georgia quarterback who never played at Georgia, the transfer from Wake Forest, Jamie Newman, I know got in there and uh, made some nice throws as well. What did you make of uh, either of those two guys? Yeah, Jamie Newman had uh, – he, he finished up with a touchdown pass, but he threw an interception as well. Uh, Felipe had a, a touchdown throw, but again – 9 of 16 for 122 yards. Some of those throws were off the money. Uh, I think he got fortunate that one wasn't picked off, which could have been a pick six. So I think we saw – I'm not sure if we saw anybody do stuff in the game yesterday that we didn't think that they were, right? Ian Book, 48 yards, but he was good running the ball, right? And so I think Felipe Frank looks like Felipe Frank, and I think Kellen Mond – Looked like Kellen Mond. What they did in practice, of course, it was a lot during my show, so I couldn't watch it. But I, I'm not sure if anybody stood out other than Mac Jones, quarterback-wise, uh, this week. To your LSU detriment, I know. <laughs> well, I, I was excited about the running backs. I mean, when they said Kylan Hill was going to go, obviously, and we know he opted out middle of the year with Mississippi State, and then Larry right. Roundtree was this. I mean, like, really underrated back in the SEC all year at, Missis- at Missouri. Like, I, he had some really good games. And so, I was a little underwhelmed when I saw both those guys, the run game just really couldn't get going. Is that just maybe part of how the Senior Bowl goes sometimes where you have some really good defenders and, you know, new offense, new schemes, new quarterback, new everything. It's just kind of hard to get some momentum going? It, 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 it just appeared the defensive line really dominated both offensive lines yesterday, except – for Michael Carter, now out of the 60 yards, he had one 27-yard run, which was impressive because he got hit a couple of times. 
and then was able to scamper. You know, somebody who I thought did have a few chances and didn't make anything of it was Eli Mitchell from the Raging Cajuns. He had a good uh, week of practice, everybody said, and he got a couple of chances and, you know, came up empty when given that opportunity. But even, you know, uh, uh, Kylan Hill, you know, six attempts, 15 yards. Again, I just didn't think anybody really stood out except for maybe some guys on defense. Riley Cole from South Alabama. Uh, he had his inconclusive test earlier in the week, so he actually missed the day of practice. He's like the second leading tackler on his team. Um, and then the guys who actually, you know, as for Patrick Louisville, uh, Kellen Mond with his touchdown passes. I know Frank's had one touchdown pass. Jamie Newman had one. But I think they kind of played like everybody expected them to play. Dave, a quick thought on the uh, the pass catchers. You mentioned uh, Kadarius Tony. We didn't see in the game on Saturday, but I know he was wowing everybody all week long. And you know, I even heard uh, one scout say if he doesn't go in the you know in the back end of the first round, it's going to be teams will be kicking themselves if they don't take him. Uh, but Shai Smith from South Carolina, I know he impressed yeah. uh, in the game, ate some really good catches. I was good to see, you know, Josh Palmer from Tennessee caught a touchdown pass. Uh, Trey McKitty from Georgia had a, had a catch. Uh, Kenny Yaboa from Ole Miss. So uh, what did you make of some of the pass catchers, tight ends and receivers? Yeah, Shai Smith uh, had a good ball game. I think he had a drop uh, as well. Uh, and when I said that, I was like, you know, like a wide receiver screen, you know, throw down the line. I'm not, not talking about a drop where, you know, he gets hit and he drops the football. You know, the other guys are trying, are trying too. Uh, Kenny Bo had that touchdown uh, late, so he looked good. I think he took a shot when he caught it. Um, and, again, there just wasn't a whole lot. I mean, how many passing yards were there? Like 270 passing yards. Mond and Jamie Newman for the American. All right, Mond had most of that, like we said, in his second quarter of work. And the National had 200 yards of passing. Yeah. So, again, so again, no one really showed out. Uh, as, as for Kadarius Tony, uh, your whole, you know, so someone came on my show yesterday, and his name it goes by Pigskin Paul. He's been coming to the game forever, does draft stuff out of Orlando. And he's like, Kadarius Tony had a great Tuesday and a great Thursday, but he dropped a bunch of balls on Wednesday. Now, you know, how do you judge, you know, one bad practice against, you know, a year or so worth of tape. Uh, I think Kadarius Tony may be one of those guys that did, you know, propel himself not only from maybe the second round, but into the first round. And I want to, I want to ask you, Fred, um, is it easier, is it better to be picked late first round and get that fifth year option potential, or is it better to be an early second round pick where if you outplay your contract, you get a contract sooner, like the Saints, Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara, compared to Marshawn Lattimore, who's not going to be playing on a fifth-year option because he was a first-round pick. Yeah, I think if you're the team, you want to get that really good player in the back end of the first, so you get that fifth year. If you're the player, yeah, you want to get you want to get that contract over with and get to your next big payday quicker. So yeah, I think it's, right. I think right. for the player, you'd rather go early second rather than back into the first, but some guys, it's a prideful thing. You want to walk around and beat your chest and say, I was a first round pick, even if you were picked 32. So it's a good point. Well, but- you would get more, you would obviously get more money up front if you are a, a, a first round pick. Right. right. And you have that fifth year option. But if you outplay your contract, right, if you're a, early second round pick, you get an extension, whereas if you're a first round pick, they just pick up the fifth year option. So it's not like you're going to lose out on money on that year, but you do get that extension sooner if you're that early second round pick. 
Yeah, if you're uh, if you're Kadarius Tony though, I think you'd rather go back into the first and go to a good team like like let's say the Chiefs take you. You'd much rather go there oh than goodness. say you know the Bengals or somewhere somebody like can you, that. Can you imagine the Chiefs with Kadarius Tony? I mean, <laughs> I mean, stop, just stop. go go ahead and pencil him into the Super Bowl again next year. <laughs> I'm dead. Right, right. <laughs> Last thing for you, Dave, before we let you go, uh, any thoughts on some of the uh, the SEC defenders? I know uh, DJ Daniel was named the top corner on the uh, on the American team and. Um, you know, I know some of the linebackers. I saw Jabril Cox from LSU. He was in there making some good tackles yesterday. But anybody stand out to you uh, on the defensive side from the SEC? Yeah, Pigskin Paul once again did say that Jabril Cox had an outstanding uh, uh, week of practice. That with his size and speed, that he's in in really good shape. Uh, you know, the transfer didn't he need for transfer from North Dakota State as well? Yeah, so yeah. he had a really yeah he had a really good uh, he had a really good week. Also, uh, KJ Britt, who played in like one and three quarter games for Auburn this year with a bad <laughs> thumb, which has got to be the most annoying injury in the history of injuries, right? Yeah. I don't know how much you can lift, and you got to rehab with like a rubber ball. Uh, he had a good game. He had uh, five tackles and a tackle for loss and a pass breakup. I think KJ Britt out of Auburn also you know, maybe moved up. And again, Chris, I was one of those guys that you know, the senior bowl was good for guys who maybe you know, late round picks to move up into the, you know, third round or something like that. But it, you know, Jim Nagy said me straight, it's really for, you know, borderline first round picks to move up. And if somehow KJ Britt, I don't know if he can move up to the first round, but boy, if he moved up from like the, you know, fourth or fifth round into the second round, he made a ton of money for himself yesterday. Yeah, I love all three. The the three big guys from the SEC this year, K.J. Britt, Jabril Cox, and Monty Rice from Georgia. I, lo- I love all three of those guys, what they put on film in college. So I'm really interested to see how they uh, all three of those guys translate to the next level. He is David Schultz, uh, afternoon host on WNSP in Mobile, Alabama, where they were the uh, focal point of the sports world this past weekend with the Senior Bowl, as they always are. Dave, always good to catch up, my friend. Thanks, Chris. Appreciate the time. All right, thanks a lot. All right, that is going to do it for this edition of Locked on SEC. Appreciate Dave Schultz coming on with us, talking all things Senior Bowl and some of the SEC guys who have stood out. We'll be back tomorrow here on Locked on SEC. Make sure you subscribe and you catch us each and every day. Part of your morning commute, your drive home, your lunch break, whatever, wherever you listen to Locked on SEC. Appreciate you listening and taking us with you. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow.